So when we read the scripture, what is one of the main topics throughout all the scripture? Sin and death and what our Redeemer has done for us. He has died on that execution stake for us, and he has purchased us with his own precious blood. The love of the Father was made real in the love and the service of his son, Yeshua. And how do we know the Father, Abba, Father God? But through the life of his son, Yeshua, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let us now turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 14. The continuing series on Yeshua, his Talmudim, his disciples. Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. In the Hebrew, Matiyahu. Today's message is entitled, Truth Can Cost You Your Life. Today we're going to be dealing with a very difficult subject, but it is true. It is kind of R-rated, but I will keep it very, very pure and holy. Because the Lord, when he deals with sin, he pulls no punches, and he records things as being true, all right? And this was written for us, for all people yet to be born, for every generation, so that we may see sin as it truly is. It is ugly, and that is the one thing that will eternally separate us from spending all eternity in the, with the beloved of our souls, who is Abba, Father, God, Yeshua, his son, the Ruach HaKodesh, and all our brothers and sisters in Messiah. Let us begin. Around that time, Herod, the regional governor, heard of the fame of Yeshua. He said to his attendants, this must be Yohanan, John the Immerser. Some of your translations say John the Baptist. Both are true. He has has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. For Herod had arrested Yohanan and put him in chains and thrown him in the prison because of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip. Since Yohanan had told Herod, this violates the Torah, for you have her as your wife. Herod had wanted to put Yohanan to death, but he was afraid of the people, in whose eyes Yohanan, John, was a prophet. However, at Herod's birthday party celebration, Herodias, the daughter, danced before the company and pleased Herod so much that he promised an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, give me here on a platter the head of Yohanan the Immerser. The king became deeply deeply upset, but out of regard for the oaths that he had sworn before his dinner guests, he ordered that her wish be granted and set and sent and had Yohanan beheaded in prison. The head was brought on a platter to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. Yohanan's Talmudim, his disciples, came, and they took the body and they buried it. And they went and told Yeshua. On hearing about this, 
Yeshua left in a boat to be by himself in the wilderness. How striking that must have been. Because who was Yohanan? His cousin, Yeshua's cousin. And who else was he? He was the forerunner, the one who was what? To smooth the pass. That's right. The Eliyahu, who Jewish people every Pesach set a place for Eliyahu to come. Because they know that this, that he will usher in, Eliyahu will usher in Mashiach ben David, who is the Messiah, Yeshua, the son of David. And so in the spirit of Eliyahu, Yohanan came. And he came to serve God with his whole heart, soul, and spirit. And here is his end. A faithful servant who died as a martyr. This was the will of Abba, Father God. For it says in his words, How precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his holy ones. Some translations say his saints. This is both a difficult and sad story. The death of the prophet Yohanan the Immerser. Yohanan was imprisoned during the beginning of Yeshua's ministry, which is found in Matthew 4, 12. Later, Yohanan sent two of his Talmudim, two of his disciples, to Yeshua and because he was in prison and he was discouraged. And he asked Yeshua's disciples this question. Is this truly the Messiah? And Yeshua proclaimed, he said, tell Yohanan this. The dead are raised. The, he, the sick are healed. Those demons are cast out. And I'm proclaiming the good news of the kingdom is here. And when Yohanan heard that word, he knew and he was comforted in his heart. Continuing, there is a great contrast, contrast between Yohanan and those responsible for his death. The contrast between a servant of Abba, Father God, and a depraved family. The end results will be for all Abba, Father God's servants to follow Yohanan's example. Pouring out your life that the kingdom will be established for others. And there is no other great sacrifice than laying down your life for another, as Yeshua did for us. Yohanan was found to be faithful to the good news that he was entrusted to share. He accomplished the task that Abba, Father God, had given him to complete. Yohanan was a faithful prophet of God. His message was a call to repentance. It began in Matthew chapter 3, verses uh, Verses 1 and 2. He called the religious leaders of his day to repentance as well in Matthew 3, 7 through 8. Yohanan did not back away from pointing out the sins of the king, Herod Antipas. Why? Because his eternal existence was in the balance. This world does not want to hear that is walking in sin. Who is God's agents upon this earth but God's people? It is a very unpopular, uncomfortable subject, but it is the truth. 
And the only remedy for sin is the blood of Yeshua. And all of us have come and have dealt with the sins in our lives that we could know Yeshua and to receive his blood upon our life. That one true eternal sacrifice, once and for all, cleansing us from all our sins. It is the same old story of sin leading to more sin and ultimately death. Yeshua is at work saving. He's healing. He's redeeming people. And also the Jewish people, the God-fearers of that day, of the nations. Every day, as ours was filled with scandal, debauchery, moral decline, death of the righteous, all from at the beginning of the leadership down to the various ordinary people. There was corruption in the government of Israel at that time. Herod Antipas was a puppet of Rome, all right? Just as we see in America, there's what? There's a decline. We mirror Israel in many ways, all right? These people existed that all these events and these things occurred in history. This is fact. This is truth. This is not a parable, a simple story. Herod the Great was a magnetical king, and he was a puppet of Rome who ruled all of Judea from Jerusalem at the birth of Yeshua. That's speaking about his grandfather. Because there are times when we read scripture and it seems like there's so many Herods. Which Herod is? This was not Herod the Great. This was Herod Antipas. But to get a framework understanding what's going on here, it's amazing. The sins of the father many times are passed on from one generation to another. Here, Herod the Great is the one who ordered the murder of all two-year-olds, younger and younger baby boys in Bethlehem, hoping to kill the child who would become the king born of Jews. He died a couple years later, but Yeshua didn't die, and Herod the Great's kingdom was divided among three half-brothers, and their names are Archelaus, Antipas, and Philip. Now, Herod Antipas, the tatriarch, he was a full brother to Archelaus, but a half-brother of Philip. His mother was a Samaritan, and he was granted the area of Galilee as part of the, a part of Persia east from the Jordan River. He married the neighboring Nabatine king, but it didn't last long, the daughter. He had eyes for his brother Philip's wife. Herod Philip was the Herod, the Herod the great son from another mother, making him Antipas' half-brother. He was not a righteous man because he married his niece from another side of the family. See, this is a depraved family. From generation to generation, sin kept reoccurring. Herodias, she was a grandfather of Herod the Great from the fourth son and married her uncle Philip incest going on in this family. They had a daughter named Salome who ended up sleeping with Herod Antipas. More incest. This was a major political and social scandal at the time. Her and Antipas, Herod, both divorced and they married one another. 
This makes his brother Philip now very upset. When Herod Antipas leaves his wife Phasaides, and she and her father king, the king of the Nemetines, he gets upset and he starts a minor war where Herod Antipas actually loses some of the land. And you know what? Rome, his benefactor, is not happy about this. So Herod Antipas' already questionable reputation and honor now is soiled. He is now leading a region that includes ethnic Nabetans with divided loyalties, and now he's afraid. So that kind of sets the framework of what's going on prior to this birthday party of Herod Antipas. It is this messy political, social situation that Yohanan the Immerser, the prophet and preacher, who comes before Yeshua, he begins to preach. Before we ever seen him preaching in Matthew chapter 3, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here, he declares to the Pharisees and the scribes, you snakes, who warned you to escape from the coming punishment, the coming judgment? What is Yohanan's response to be the coming of the corruption of the power in the nation of Israel? He calls it to task. While the Herods consistently acting as though there is no other law or order beyond themselves. They're accountable only to themselves. Yohanan knows that there is a law and authority that is over all and greater than any earthly king. He knows that no one is above the law of Abba, Father, God. It doesn't matter if you are the lowest servant or the king of the land. Whatever Abba, Father, God says, like these words, do not have relations with your brother's wife. He truly means it. It's not just a suggestion how to improve your life. He says it is forbidden. It is taboo. Yohanan is going to preach the truth of Abba Father God's word and what our response is. Regardless of how powerful or how influential a person is, it is the law. It is the law of God. But we may say, Yohanan, you're lifting up values that of traditional marriage. Has not traditional marriage been changed in the United States here recently? Some people say, well, this is an archaic word. It's 2,000 years old. How does it apply to us today? It applies to us today. Let us continue. You're lifting up the values of traditional marriage and is really interfering with the enjoyment of the political and social elites to redefine the boundaries of marriage to whatever fits them personally. Doesn't that sound familiar? What has our Supreme Court done recently? They've changed the definition of godly marriage. All right. Yohanan knew his preaching would upset Herod Antipas, but he still preached the truth. We as God's people have to speak the truth. And know this, when we speak the truth, we're not bringing judgment upon anyone. We're simply the messenger. Because I have had many, many times people, when the Lord has had me share truth with them, with compassion, mercy, and grace. 
knowing this, if not for the grace of God, there go I. And for them to turn to me and say, Frank, you're simply being judgmental. Does not the word of God say you're not to judge? They will take that scripture and take it out of context and then place it up there. But you know what? They're still not delivered from their sin. Yeshua puts a spotlight, the Ruach HaKodesh, puts a spotlight on our sin, not to condemn us, but that we may be redeemed and that we may agree with the Spirit of the living God who desires what? To present us before the Father one day as a pure and holy bride. See, there is, the word says this, there is no condemnation for those who are in Messiah Yeshua, or in some translations say, in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. Why? Because the truth of the sins of our lives, the hidden sins that no one knows about, is spoken to us day by day, moment by moment, by the Ruach HaKodesh, who wants to deliver us from the fate of death and that is being separated to God. That's why in the scripture it says this, if you say that you do not sin, you are a liar, right? Because we all have that carnal nature. But let us be real. Let us walk in truth. Let us walk in the full counsel of Abba, Father, God. And walk in freedom. For the Son of Man has set us free. Amen? Amen. Herod Antipas, when I say repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. For you it means you do not have your brother's wife. Because she belongs to your brother. So where did John get that word? From the book of Leviticus, Vaikra. 1816, you're not to have sexual relations with your brother's wife because this is your brother's prerogative. Vaikra, Leviticus 20, 21. If a man takes his brother's wife, it is uncleanliness, and he has disgraced his brother's sexuality, and they shall be childless. That's Abba, Father's God's word on this issue. Don't do it. It's simple. Continuing, but when Abba, Father, God's word talks about our personal sin in ways that we're involved in, we don't like it. You're touching close to home. The scripture speaks out about drunkenness. And you know what? Some of us may have an issue with eating or overeating. Gluttony is a sin but it doesn't burn in our hearts. See, as God reveals to us what that sin is, we're to deal with that sin and to rejoice in that the truth is being revealed to us. Otherwise, we're on a path of what? Both death and destruction. And that's what Yohanan was sent to Herod Antipas, not to point his finger in the man's nose and to humiliate him, but what was at stake? His eternal destiny and the destiny of his sister-in-law, and the destiny of his family, and the children yet to be born. God desired for there to be redemption. Continuing, 
Herod Antipas and Herodias are just like us today. They don't want to hear that they are living in sin. So what are the consequences of Yohanan's preaching? Yohanan is arrested, he is bound, and he's in prison. Your public ministry in the land is going to end because of what you're saying about Abba, Father God. And his word is in conflict with the practices of the highest authority in the land. So when we use the power of the state now to silence you, you have freedom of speech, Yohanan, until you say something that we do not like, and it reveals us in a less favorable light. You'll see that in our nation. There are now ministers in certain cities who are being asked to send their sermons prior for them preaching. Because the government is looking into whether or not a minister of the good news is proclaiming hate crimes against a particular group. And we know that this is happening. Things are changing in our country. But we're not to walk in fear. But know this, that God who sustained Yohanan gave him grace and strength to stand. So shall he give us. That is the power, that's what power does when it is confronted with the conscience of the body of Messiah Yeshua. What are we called? Both salt and light, right? What has the body of Messiah become in America? Less light and less salty. We must arise to be who we are called to be. Don't believe that the lie about what you believe should stay in one sphere, in the privacy of the closed walls of your home. And what we do outside, it's another thing, right? Then we become what? We become actors, right? We put on a show. But what is the show that we're supposed to show? That the character of Messiah Yeshua is being lived out in our lives. And yet our personality is not being evaporated. Because God has called you, designed you as you are. And is beautiful in his sight. Continuing. Herod and Antipas can pretend all they want. What they're doing is good and right. But it is leading to a disastrous consequences. Yet Herod keeps Yohanan around because he knows that his credibility with the people is low. And he had much to lose if he killed Yohanan because he was afraid of the people. And they believed that Yohanan was a prophet of Abba, Father God. Herod here is troubled by the teaching, but he is still entertained by listening to it. See, he has a carnal nature that he's dealing with. He knows the true word of God, but he's unwilling to apply it to his own daily life. In Mark chapter 6, 19 through 20, it says, and it gives us some more of the background. So Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, Herod, had married her. But Yohanan had told him, it violates Torah for you to marry your brother's wife. Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted him put to death. But this she could not accomplish because Herod stood in awe of Yohanan and he protected him. For he knew that he was a Zadik, that is a holy man a righteous man. Whenever he heard him, he became deeply disturbed, yet he liked to listen to him. For Herod, while he was against how, this was against how he was raised, 
and it condemned his current lifestyle. There was still something about Yohanan's teaching and preaching that he found very attractive. Why? Because it was the truth. And he knew in the depths of his heart and soul that the truth was being shared with him. Talk about his counselors, the men of wisdom and knowledge that were to instruct him as king. Here he had the greatest counselor and instructor that he ever had in his lifetime. And where was he? In the bowels of the dungeon of the very building where Herod was living. His most trusted wise man who had been sent to him to deliver him. Continuing. But ultimately, he had to make a choice to commit to one or leave the other. Our life choices matter. Every choice we make in our life. And that's why we're to do this. When we don't understand what choice to make, who are we to inquire? The spirit of the living God. What does the scripture declare? That he shall lead us into all truth. And we can trust him. Have you heard his voice lately? Is there something large or small decision in your life that's coming up that you just don't know what to do? You'll get counsel from this brother or this sister in the Lord, or you'll get counsel from a family member, but you still don't know what to do. I tell you this, go to that quiet place, spend time in the presence of the Lord, and allow the Spirit of living God to speak to you. Open up the scriptures, because there's many times when God will have a word jump off the page into my life. We are to be what? People being led by the Spirit of the living God. Continuing here, and I will not be able to finish this message today. It's a two-part series, as I understand the time we have here. Continuing, here is the truth, there is sin. And there are actions that lead to reveal the world's consequences. So both Herod and Herodias would much rather blame Yohanan for speaking out against them rather than actually look to their own hearts and actions and to see whether or not they are to blame. How many times has a judge sat in judgment of someone that came in and there was testimony both for and against that individual there? And when that person hears the whole testimony, all right, and the judge has to render the decision, how many times has the judge been baffled that that person who was accused, when the truth comes against them, proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are to blame, they still stand there believing that they're still innocent. And that is what Yohanan is doing here. He's making it clear. He's putting his life. He's willing to lay down his life and his reputation so that what? Redemption and repentance come in, can come into the house of Herod. Can you imagine what would have happened if when, after she was done dancing that simply Herod was overcome with grief and repentance? And that if he would have summoned Herodias there and released John and brought him up there and said to him, I now repent publicly. I need now to divorce my sister-in-law. And now I receive the kingdom that you're speaking about, Yohanan. The scriptures would have been written totally different. But that's not what took place. Pride comes in now. 
continuing. If we are truly honest, we hate the sin in our lives that has consequences. We may like to pretend that it doesn't, so that we play games pretending that it does not even exist. But if anyone calls them out, they're the really problem. We'll put the blame on somebody else. We'll say, well, you made me do it. Remember that old phrase from the 60s? The devil made me do it, right? That's right, Flip Wilson. But you know what this? Temptation comes. But God has said this to us. Any temptation I allow to draw near to you, I will give you the hope and the power to overcome that temptation. Amen? And it's right there where we'll end the message today. I tell you this. We can rewrite our lives by allowing the spirit of the living God when he speaks to us about the sins in our lives. And let's be honest and open. Everyone sins. Everyone does. But know this. We don't have to live in sin. We can be delivered from that temptation. If we grab a hold of that temptation and then start praying asking the spirit of the living God to assist us that he would deliver us. And I've known this many, many times in my own life. When temptation comes, you know what my first reaction is to do? To start praising the Lord. Because you know this? The enemy, Hasatan, in that temptation. I've been in certain situations where one would come up to me and you could see, I could see in her eyes what was going on in her mind. The Spirit gave me that, the will to know. And I was able to look into that woman's eyes and see that and begin to start praising the Lord. One of two things have happened in those situations. First time, the woman fled away from me. Because why? Because I was inhabiting the praises of the Lord. The scripture speaks about what? Yosef. Remember, with Potiphar's wife, when she tried to seduce him, he simply fled. But the Lord taught me this, begin to start praising his name, all right? Another time when that happened to me, the woman, she stayed there. She bowed her head and she started crying. I had the opportunity to share Yeshua with her, for her to come to know Messiah. So I say this to you that no matter what temptation we face in our life, God has given us the provision to overcome and not walk in that sin. And why are you, am I telling you this? God desires us to be a holy people. And we can't do it of our own accord. There's nothing I can do in myself. I cannot memorize enough scripture. I cannot do anything of my own self to walk purely before God. So I encourage us as we enter into these latter days where temptation, it says what in the scripture? That there shall be a great falling away. All right? There, there's going to be deception coming as never before. And how shall we stand in that day? As we cleave unto Yeshua. As we allow the spirit of the living God to reveal all truth to us then we truly shall be the children of God and we will go forth and build his kingdom.
Bless the Lord. Shabbat Shalom.